0: the hunger pains, to be confronted with your human condition. And that confrontation with your human condition leads you to a point of brokenheartedness. Because you realize that you are not bulletproof. You realize that you are just a man, just a human. And this has the effect that it humbles us before the almighty creator. All through Scripture, it's been required of God's people to fast. It's been required of them to humble themselves. And the other important fact, the next point to make, is that those instructions to humble themselves, the onus is on the people. We must humble ourselves. The point, the biblically appointed purpose of fasting is self-humbling. It is something that you have the responsibility to do. Let me direct your attention to Acts 1 verse 8. Acts says, You will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, and to the ends of the earth. So, in order to do what we are created to do, our purpose here on earth, we need a power greater than ourselves. That power is the Holy Spirit. So the first thing we need to say above everything else and with absolute clarity is the power that we need in the life of faith as Christians is the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no other power. It cannot be done through following rules. It cannot be done by keeping the Ten Commandments. The power that we need to walk A life of faith, to have faith in Jesus Christ, is the Holy Spirit. Now the next point is to see what Paul says about our carnal nature. Where does our flesh stand in connection to the Holy Spirit and to the Lord? He says in Galatians 5 verse 16, I I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other. So Paul says you need the Holy Spirit for your life of faith, but your flesh is contrary, your flesh is working against the Holy Spirit. So this means if we give in to the flesh. In other words, if the flesh, if our flesh is our master, if he rules in our life, we are opposing the work of the Holy Spirit. But if we give in to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to lead our lives, we need to deal with our human nature. We need to deal with our flesh. Our flesh cannot be persuaded or coerced into being in alignment with God's will. Paul clearly says, they are in conflict with each other. There's no compromise between the flesh. So something needs to intervene here. And there's three elements to our flesh. Our emotions, our intelligence, and our will. And all of you will understand, when I say this, our emotion says, I feel... Our intelligence says, I think. And our will says, I want. And it's these three eyes three that make the flesh. But if we are to control these three eyes, the I want, I think, I feel, we need to subdue our flesh in some way. And so how are we going to do this? Well, right through Scripture, we are called to humble ourselves. The Lord says very clearly, you need to humble yourself. There's a wise saying that says, the flesh is a great servant, but a terrible master. I'll say that again, the flesh is a great servant, but a terrible master. And so your question today is, where is your flesh? Is your flesh your master? Or have you mastered your flesh? Is your flesh your servant? So we see that we need the Holy Spirit in our life of faith. We saw that our flesh is opposed to the Holy Spirit, so we need to deal with the flesh. The Bible teaches to deal with the flesh, you need to humble yourself. So how do we humble ourselves? Well, the Bible gives several ways to humble yourself. I will mention a few. Luke 18 says, Routinely confess your sins before God. James 3 and James 5 says, Acknowledge your sins to each other. That has a humbling effect. 1 Peter 2 says, graciously submit to authority, all kinds of authority, good and bad. Proverbs 10, Proverbs 12 teaches to be open to receive correction and feedback from others. So be willing to give somebody license to give you feedback. Because sometimes those feedback is, has a humbling effect. And then have another very common way of humbling yourself is fasting. Psalm 35, verse 13, David says, I humbled myself with fasting. So do you see, this is the context where fasting comes into our life of faith. It is a self-humbling activity. We know that Jesus fasted. We know that Moses fasted. Elijah fasted. Israel fasted. The disciples fasted. The early church fasted. And so it's easy to understand or to think how fasting has become a religious thing. A thing that we just do like, one, like the 11th commandment. But when we fast in that way, we miss the point. And we will see how Jesus teaches this in Matthew 6. So what is the key to Fasting. Well, I hope today we will find that key. But before we start looking at the text in Matthew, I I want to be very clear that fasting is not commanded in Scripture. It is not a law. The purpose of fasting, the biblically appointed purpose of fasting, is self-humbling. It is something that you have the responsibility to do. And God says you could do it or you you could leave it. But we will see in Daniel's case what fasting has meant in his prayer life. And of course today the Jews still keep Yom Kippur which is the Day of Atonement and that comes from Leviticus 16 where the Lord has instituted a day of fasting for the Jews and he said it's a it's an interna- a, a eternal um, regulation. So the Jews today still keep the Day of Atonement. But for us, there's a very simple test. If you are already thinking in your heart, well, fasting's not commanded, so I'm not really that big on fasting. So if the first thoughts that come up with you is excuses why you don't have to fast, or that it's not a command in the Bible, therefore it's legalistic to fast, or anything like that, I want to suggest to you this morning that that might be your first prompt to think maybe I need to fast and humble myself. So let's look at Matthew 6. In the text we read from Matthew 6, Jesus is expanding on his teaching from Matthew 5. In Matthew 5.20, he specifically points to the righteousness of the Pharisees and saying that their righteousness is by far not enough to save them. They are falling short. And of course, we know the Pharisees tried to do everything right. And Jesus was saying, that's not good enough. And and did you notice as we read through the pattern in verse 2, verse 5, and again verse 16, when Jesus said, when you give to the needy, give in this way, not in that way. Verse 5, he said, when you give, sorry, when you pray, pray in this way, not in that way. And verse 16, when Jesus talks about fasting, again he says, fast, In this way, not in that way. So Matthew 6, verse 16. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces and show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full first thing to notice here is that Jesus says when you are fasting and not if you are fasting. So when you give to the needy, not if you give to the needy. When you pray, not if you pray. And when you fast, not if you fast. So you see, although it's clearly not a commandment, it is assumed that these three elements of giving, praying, and fasting is to be, in some form, a part of the Christian life. Jesus continues and describes what form of fasting He desires. What form of fasting pleases the Father? He says, Do not fast where you walk around the whole day like a wounded bear. Or what's the saying? A bear with a sore tooth. Don't walk around And let everybody around you know that you are in pain and suffering because you are fasting. Why is this? Because fasting like this makes you focus outwardly. And that is the opposite of what God desires. During fasting, all of our focus should be inward, all of our focus should be on our flesh on our humanness. With the very first hunger pain, the thought should come up in your mind, I live in a mortal body. And as the hunger pains increase, your thoughts around your brokenness and the nature of you as a human needs to increase. Each hunger pain should make you consider your human condition. Completely, 100% focused inward. In verse 17, Jesus says, But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face. Again, when you fast, not if. Verse 18, So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father. It only needs to be obvious to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret. So Jesus wants you to prepare in such a way that it is not outwardly visible to anybody. And this helps to make the focus completely inward. So there's another pattern that is emerging here, and that is physical obedience. So you prepare yourself so that it's not obvious. So in your physical body, You need to do certain things to achieve a certain outcome. So you prepare your body, you anoint your head with oil so that it's not obvious to people outside. That's a physical thing. But the effect that that has on you is that it focuses your spirit internally. So our focus should not be outwards, but inwards. Why is this important? Why is the inward focus important? Well, because fasting, Jesus clearly teaches, is something between you and your creator. He is the only one that sees what is in secret. In other words, he sees your internal focus. He sees your struggle with the I want, I feel, I think. He sees that. But here's the critical point. Do you see that? Do you see what is in the secret place of your heart? Do you think that this act of fasting is so that the Lord can see how humble you are? No. Do you think the act of fasting is so that you can see how humble you are? No. Fasting is so that you can see how prideful you are. Fasting is to let you see the secret places of your heart and to bring that before the Lord. Fasting is not a tool so God can see how humble you are. He knows where your heart's at. And it's often said that if you are not humble yourself, God will humble you. But his humbling usually comes in ways that we don't want. Suffering. He allows suffering. So we see that fasting induces in us a realization of our human condition. It brings our heart and our soul at the point that we cannot deny that we are broken. The only way that you cannot reach that point in fasting is if you are focusing outwardly and you are looking for the recognition from outside and you are not focusing on your human condition. Fasting is a God-appointed way to help you to be confronted and reminded of your human condition next Sunday we'll be having the Lord's Supper. The bread that we eat and the wine that we drink is a reminder of what God has done for us. In a similar way, fasting in those hunger pains is a reminder of our position and why we need a Savior. So it drives your heart to a point that you cannot escape the question who can save me from this? How can I be saved from this broken condition that I'm in? Do you see how fasting is pointing to one person, Jesus Christ? So what matters during a fast is not what you are fasting from or how long you are fasting. But some of us have harder hearts. And we might need 10 days. Others might need half a day. I don't know. That's between you and your Creator. But the purpose of fasting is self-humbling. It's through the devices that the Lord has given you to bring you to a point that you realize how prideful you are, that you realize that you are broken and sinful and that you need a Savior. That's the power of fasting. And then, of course, this goes hand in hand with prayer. Because fasting without prayer has got no benefit. Because that condition that your heart is in leads you to prayer. You can't help but be on your face, be on your knees, and pray to God. So physical obedience is the start of fasting. You have to decide in your mind and follow with your body for however long it takes until your heart reaches that point. We will see that that is what Daniel has done. But physical obedience is where it starts. You accepting and making the decision that I'm going to humble myself before the Lord in the way that He has appointed for me in Scripture. Matthew 22, verse 37 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. With all of the I want, with all of your I think, with all of your I want, with all of your flesh, you need to worship the Lord. And that is only possible if you submit your flesh, make it your servant. Your flesh cannot be your master. Now let's look at Daniel 10. From the passage we read in Daniel 10, we get a glimpse of what happens in the spiritual world when we pray. But specifically, when we humbly pray. And why do I say this? I say this because chapter 10 verse 2 says, Daniel was mourning. And verse 3, he chose to eat no desired food, no meat, no wine. He drank only water. So Daniel was, he chose to start this process of fasting. He chose to humble himself before the Lord and to seek understanding. This is something that he willingly did. So he chose to fast. He chose Again, to be physically obedient. And after three weeks of fasting and prayer in this way, he found himself standing on the banks of the Tigris River and saw a vision of Jesus. Daniel was overwhelmed, he lost his strength, and he fell on his face into a deep sleep on the ground. And this brings us to verse 10. And Daniel says, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. So from this prostate position on his face before the Lord, a hand touches him. Now this hand is the hand of an angel. He just saw a vision of Jesus, but the hand that touches him is an angel. And we know that because in the next verse, the angel starts speaking to him. And the angel says, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed. The King James translates this as, Daniel, man greatly beloved. We see in verse 2 and 3 that Daniel chooses to go into mourning. Another way for mourning is brokenheartedness. He was in a state of brokenheartedness. And he chose not to eat desirable food. And remember, it took... Three weeks for him to get this message. So for three weeks he persisted in his physical obedience until this point. So we see that he chose not to eat desirable food, and now he's he's become a man greatly beloved. He chose not to eat desired food, and now he receives this message. Daniel, you are desired by God. Why is this? Is it the type of food that he fasted from? Because if it is, we should all become non-alcoholic vegetarians. Yep, and when I say it that way, it's a bit silly, isn't it? It's not the type of food we fasted from. Or the liquids we don't drink. It's about the condition that your heart is in before the Lord. And fasting is a biblically appointed way to help you get that humble condition of your heart before the Lord. Fasting in itself earns you nothing. Remember we said there's no set of rules that can help you get the power of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that can help you get it except humbling yourself before the Lord. So fasting is a way to get to that humble position. And perhaps you have been praying and seeking God's counsel. Perhaps you're seeking wisdom, you're seeking forgiveness, you're seeking peace, you're seeking deliverance. You're seeking answers from the Lord. Perhaps you are struggling to forgive somebody. Perhaps something has happened in your past that is very painful and you're struggling to forget. Perhaps it feels to you like you've come to faith but now really your faith is just pedestrian and it's not growing. You're not feeling the power of the Holy Spirit. Or perhaps you feel closer to God than you have ever felt and you are at that position where you know that there's more. You know that there's more power to tap into and more power to live a faithful life in this world. And so fasting John Piper calls it an intensifier. It is a way for you to bring these petitions before the Lord. He knows what's in your heart. But if there's a stumbling block in front of you, it's because you cannot see the stumbling block yet. The Lord sees it, but he needs you to see it. And getting a humble humbling yourself before the Lord in this way helps you to see those tumbling blocks, those dark corners of your heart that needs to be repented or changed, or pridefulness. Humbling is a critical aspect of our walk of faith. Matthew 23 verse 12 says, "For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted." That's a promise. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. Daniel decided to humble himself. Daniel decided, I will not eat these foods. And he stayed there for three weeks until he heard this message. Until the angel came to him. And how did Jesus exalt him? in the most unexpected, glorious way. He said, Daniel, you're a man highly esteemed. I don't know about you, but I would fall in a heap if I hear those words from Jesus. Isn't your heart yearning to hear that message? Man highly esteemed. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, this is Romans 12, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So your body is not your own. Martin spoke this morning about euthanasia. We know that abortion is a big problem. The problem with our world today is that they think their bodies are their own. Our bodies do not belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. And we need to make it available to Him as a willing sacrifice. A willing sacrifice, again, self-humbling. It's the responsibility is on us. And so this is the simple thing that Daniel understood about fasting. He understood that it's not a legal thing. He understood that it's a self-appointed way for him to humble his heart before the Lord... So he could get in that, that sweet spot, that channel where his heart is completely focused on the Lord's will and nothing else. This is what Daniel understood. So we continue in Matthew chapter 10 from 11. We're in verse 11 now. So the angel says, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up, trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. I have come in response to them. So so even though Daniel fasted for three weeks, from the very first day that he humbled himself, his words were heard. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to me to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So an evil angel over the geographic area of Persia resisted the angel for 21 days. But Michael the archangel came and overcome him and now he has reached Daniel. So the messenger was delayed but not denied. And remember Psalm 40, how David starts, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me, he heard my cry. Are you a believer that believes And the purpose of fasting. The power of prayer and fasting. Are we a church that believes in the power of prayer and fasting? Jesus fasted. Luke 4 tells us that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end... He was hungry. So even Jesus practiced fasting during the temptation for 40 days. So can you see that fasting is a God-appointed way to help us to be confronted with our condition? And it does that through you being willfully obedient and saying I'm going to fast and each time I'm hungry I'm going to be reminded about my condition. Instead of thinking about food I'm going to think about why I need Christ. Instead of thinking about that next hamburger that next cheesecake that next whatever your vice is chocolate instead of thinking about that you willfully think about your condition. I am so broken that I cannot even go X amount of hours before getting hungry. Yet we have such a high think of ourselves. So fasting confronts you head on when you are inwardly focusing. That's the only conclusion you can come to. And one of two things are gonna happen You're going to say to yourself, this is rubbish, and you're going to go and eat. Or you're going to say to yourself, how can I be saved from this condition? This fallen condition that Genesis teaches us. This fallen human nature that I inherited from Adam. I want, I feel, I think. And those wants are always thinking and feeling and pulling us away from God. Paul teaches that in Galatians. We are opposed to God's will. So humbling through fasting is not so that the Lord can see what's in your heart. He already sees it. Humbling is so that you can see what's in your heart. Not so that your wife can see what's in your heart or so that you can show somebody else what's in your heart. That's prideful. Humbling is to show what's in your heart. And that has one effect. It brings you on your knees before the one, the only one, that can save you from that condition. And that's our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord says in John six 30, thirty-five: 35, this is Jesus' words. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So I pray that this message about fasting will drive you to the bread of life. That even though we get hungry in this life, there is bread that quenches the hunger into eternity. And that is the only bread that takes this hunger away. Praise be to our Lord for this. Amen. that sermon spoke to you like it spoke to me um i just want to encourage you uh in this time of worship before we enjoy fellowship with one another uh, just take this moment while you're singing to humble yourself before the lord and express that so yeah